What's going on? Welcome into a special edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek on this Thursday. I'm Daniel Salerson here in New Orleans, Louisiana, as the Pelicans um, get set to take on uh, four opponents in Summer League. This is a Zion Williamson Summer League edition of the Pelicans podcast, and we have just the people here to help you get ready for Summer League and to recap what was a very nice day in the Crescent City yesterday. And from Las Vegas, we welcome in Aaron Summers and Jim Eichenhofer, Pelicans.com. I hope you two are behaving yourselves on day number two of, what, day 12 potentially there in Las Vegas. How are you both doing? Aaron, I'll start with you. That was the weirdest thing when I checked in and they said, okay, Miss Summers, we have you for 12 nights. And I was like, whew, I don't know if anybody should do 12 nights in Vegas. But so far... We're good. I mean, I had come from the East Coast, so my time zones right now are, are really out of whack. Jim, how are you doing? You staying out of trouble? I haven't gotten in any trouble yet, but I haven't been here for 24 hours. So stay tuned. We'll see what I can get into. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, uh, I'm i in the same boat. I was coming from the East Coast, so the three-hour time difference is a, is a little uh, rough to get used to, but I think I'll be all right. Um, I had a year, I think it was 2013, maybe 2014, where I was here for 19 days. And I remember when I checked in, the person at the counter was like, this says you're here for 19 days. And they were so confused because they didn't think it would could, could be possible that that would be the case. But it actually was because we had like 12 or 14 days of summer league. And then we had about four or five days of USA basketball when we had several players who were here for the um, – uh, kind of mini camp that they had. So that was uh, that was quite an experience to be here for that long. I, I can't believe I actually had been here for almost three weeks. So, but yeah, this, I think anything more than like four or five days is a long time in Las Vegas. So 12 is quite Gotta a pace yourself, day. Jim. Gotta pace yourself. I remember sure. that year, Jimmy ran for mayor in Las, Las Vegas, just because you were there for so long. And we did yeah. bring extra security just for you, Jim. Cause I think that was the request this year. Like we got to bring more security we got to keep an eye on Jim Eichenhofer. I told Aaron that's kind of part of her job these 12 days and to make sure that keep yourself out of trouble. I don't know. That's a tall task for Aaron, but we'll see uh, if, you know, we can get the job done. But um, let's talk about a little bit about what happened yesterday. Of course, the YMCA here in New Orleans, a big day for the Pelicans, a big day for the city of New Orleans, um, and a big day for all the doubters and all the haters out there who thought maybe this day wouldn't happen. And we'll get into that, of course, but Zion Williamson officially signing his extension. He'll be a part of the New Orleans Pelicans franchise for another five years. No option, which I think that was a big key that was um, discussed yesterday from David Griffin on Zion's 22nd birthday. So, Aaron, I'll start with you and going, Jim, just the importance of, of yesterday and kind of how now everyone can kind of move on from kind of this cloud that's been hanging over the head of not only the team, but for Zion for the last year. I think that's the key to it. The fact that it's done, there's no more speculation. And now we can all put it behind us and move forward. And I think even, you know, playing off of that as well, there's kind of no more speculation about Brandon Ingram because David Griffin made a point in saying something about that yesterday because, you know, that, that name had been kind of floated around and some trades and stuff like that. So it kind of looks like our core is in place maybe a couple players here and there on the fringe that might move around, but things are looking very good. And it's really nice to kind of just put a bow on everything and know that this generational talent is going to be here for the next five years. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I didn't delve into this part of it too much in what I wrote yesterday after the press conference, but there was a lot of references to 
people in the media nationally that have been wrong the whole time or people that have reported things that didn't turn out to be true. And I thought it was, it was funny because um, I feel like we've gotten to the point in the NBA and this is not a new thing. It's been the case for several years where um, the demand for information vastly exceeds the supply of actual genuine information that people have. <laughs> so, and it's funny, not just with the Zion situation, but I also thought about this with the, recent NBA draft where we heard so many quote unquote reports about who Orlando was going to take number one and it turned out to be wrong. So I feel like what we're dealing with, and, and this is maybe another discussion for another day when we have more time, but yeah. um, I feel like we're dealing with a situation where if people don't have the information that they need to um, report on something or kind of give a accurate representation of a situation. They just kind of fill in the gaps with speculation that sometimes isn't really grounded in any um, reality or any actual facts. So I feel like that's part of what happened a lot with him is like with that situation. And I think that was something that David Griffin talked about yesterday was like, okay, we can kind of put this past us and we can stop worrying about what other voices are saying and kind of, I feel like the fans, this happens with the fan base as well is that we feel like, people feel like they're constant react, constantly reacting to stuff. I mean, heck, the day that the Pelicans won the lottery, the next day we already heard people, I remember being in Chicago for that, we already heard people talking about, oh, what's Zion going to do? It's just like, you got to be kidding me. So, um, <clears throat> unfortunately, I think we have a lot of, there's always been a lot of educated guessing going on with a lot of how people are trying to cover the NBA, but unfortunately to me, the guess part of that is becoming way bigger than the educated part of it, of the equation. So, but anyways, as Aaron said, I think the great thing is, is we can move forward and we don't have to spend a lot of our time wasting a lot of our time um, trying to combat different rep, quote unquote reports or different speculation. And uh, people are so excited about next season, not just with Zion, but just the team overall. And um, I can't wait. And it's, it's going to be great to just deal with more on the basketball stuff as opposed to all the other stuff distracting us from the point of why we're here. Yeah, finally tired of people asking whether Zion's going to stay or not, even though we knew the answer already, um, but just, you know, happy that it's happening. And, and Jim, I remember you talking about when they won the lottery, people were telling Zion to stay at, at school and go another year and then see, you know, maybe who can draft him next year. But I think people forget that, you know, if you have the number one draft pick, it means that your team is not really in the best shape and that you really need to use that number one pick to get a, a player like Zion Williamson. So, again, as you mentioned, that's a different discussion for a different day as we continue to talk about Zion and then we'll move into Summer League. But, Aaron, something that stuck out to me yesterday um, with Zion talking was the fact that the impact of Willie Green. And he mentioned that, you know, that talk during the Clipper play in that, you know, everyone talked about how it went viral and ended up becoming a T-shirt during the playoffs. You got a fight. That that was Zion's kind of point in his head that, like, wow, you know, that, that was a really big deal for him. How much of an impact has Willie Green had on not only this having Zion stay, but also just impact on kind of the trajectory of this team and where they're going from here? Coach Willie Green is the unsung hero in all of this, not in just how – the Pelicans season changed last year with the way they started three and 16 to getting into that play-in game, winning two playing games, going to the playoffs. But the way that he changed the dynamic of this team, as far as the culture goes, the fact that they now believe in their ability, they have a lot of fun playing, they work hard and they genuinely love each other and play for each other. 
And it was that mentality and how hard they fought through the season that I think caught Zion's eye. And he said, you know, this is something that I want to be a part of. He saw how much fun the team was having and they were starting to win. And then they acquired CJ McCollum and things just really clicked. And I think, you know, that's when he really came back from Portland and we started seeing more of him where he was on the sidelines. He was at the facility. He wanted to be a part of what was happening. And I think a lot of that has to be attributed to Coach Green and how he was able to change things in in just a year. It's pretty incredible. I've heard people say this so much, whether it's Pelicans, podcasters, fans, everyone around the team. Um, I think Willie Green has played a huge role in this as well. I think one of the reasons why the team got so popular beyond the fact that they were successful at the end of the regular season and then won the two exciting play-in games and then gave Phoenix a tough series in the first round. People love the camaraderie that the team has, and I think he he was huge in that and kind of setting a tone and an atmosphere where everyone gets along. Um, incidentally, yesterday when I got here to Las Vegas, probably like an, within an hour after I had been here, I saw Jose Alvarado walking into the hotel. I think he had come in from Puerto Rico because he had just been playing a couple games there. And he literally had just gotten to the hotel and a few other players walked in and it was like, kind of like when you're the first day of school, when you haven't seen your buddies for a couple months and then you walk in and everyone's excited. Everyone came over and gave him a hug. I saw um, Trey Murphy and Najee and a couple other guys. I mean, it was just fun to see that. Just, I mean, the, the genuine appreciation that they have for each other and the love that they have for each other. I think people can sense that even if you don't have the lucky privilege opportunity that we have to actually see it up so up close all the time. I think people can sense it just from even from watching the games on TV and seeing the way that they react on the bench to each other. So, I mean, you add all that up and it's, I mean, it's just the optimism and enthusiasm, I think for summer league is at one of the highest levels I've ever seen. I've been coming here for 15 years and just, I mean, people are so to me are so much looking forward to watching these guys play. And I think a lot of that has to do with, like I said, just how beloved the, these guys have become and several of them who've only been part of the team for literally a year that they were drafted in 2021 in July of last year and already are super popular. So I'm really looking forward to uh, getting the chance to see them play. Well, let's get into the summer league a little bit um, before we let you all go as a uh, practice will uh, begin as you all are listening today for the Pelicans and their first game is not until Saturday, July 9th against the Portland Trailblazers, but you mentioned some of the guys that are there. We talked about it, Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy, Najee Marshall, but also the rookies we'll get to see in Dyson Daniels, of course, EJ Liddell out of Ohio State, Jared Harper, someone we know a lot about uh, for the Pelicans, John Petty Jr. Um, John Butler was a name that kind of stuck out as well from from Florida State, but Aaron, as, as you experienced summer league kind of for the first time at, with the Pelicans, what are you kind of looking forward to the most about seeing everyone on the court? I think it's a really good opportunity for a lot of players to get comfortable, especially the rookies. We don't need to read too much in to how everybody does, Mm -hmm. but it's going to give them a chance to get familiar with the schemes that the Pelicans want to run, the speed of the game in the NBA, the athleticism that they're going to see. There's obviously a different shot clock, you know, in the NBA versus college ball. So there's things that they need to get comfortable with and adjust to. And this is a really good opportunity to do that. Albeit it's not going to be at the same level that they're going to see once the season starts, but it's a good way to start ramping up for the season. So 
you know, we can't freak out if somebody doesn't do too well or somebody does really well because it might not necessarily translate right away. We saw that happen last season with a couple players. So it's not really about the stats, but just I think it's going to be fun to see these players around each other, see if they have some chemistry, see what their skill set actually is, what they may be able to do once the season starts and, you know, see what they can do with the, the opportunity to get some good minutes because they're guaranteed to get a lot of play this next week and a half. I think a good example of that, Jim, is the Chet Holgram experience that we've been talking about the last couple of days where mm-hmm. one of his first games, everyone's like, look out. And then Kenneth Lofton Jr. had some things to say about that the next day against the Memphis Grizzlies. But Jim, you've been in summer league before. Again, this is your second home here in Las Vegas. So when you try to evaluate the, not only the team, but some of the players, kind of what do you get out of the experience of, of watching this team in summer league? Yeah, I mean, I think Aaron nailed it when she was talking about how you can't read too much into the rookies, especially the guys that this is literally the first time that they've played against professional competition after they've been in college. I mean, you might have um, some guys that have played in Europe that have played at the pro level, but as far as this level of competition, it's the first time. Um, But in terms of the guys that have played already in the NBA, played either rookie year or two years, um, I'm looking forward to just seeing some of the progress that some of the guys have made. Um, I think Trey Murphy showed more kind of doing stuff off the dribble and getting to the basket towards the end of last season in addition to he got so hot from three-point range and was one of the best guys in the league in that category after the all-star break. Um, Jose Alvarado, I feel like people saw what he did in some of the international competition for Puerto Rico, just adding to his offensive game, improving his three-point shot at this level. Um, And then Najee Marshall, who's basically like the king of summer league based on what he did last year, um, representing the people's, what I think was the people's champions, even though New Orleans didn't technically win summer league. They went five and zero, and people loved watching them play. So I'm I'm looking forward to just seeing what kind of improvements and different progress that those guys have made. I don't know necessarily if we know for sure that those guys are going to play a ton of games. They might play one or two games, and then it'll be time to pave the way for some of the other players, not just the the three guys that were drafted, but also some of the other guys on the roster that you mentioned, Daniel, to get more playing time. But um, just to see what the you know. What, what improvement they've made and what, what are some of the things that they've been working on, which I'm sure we're going to get into when we talk to them after practices and games. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Aaron. I was going to kind of bring up to you about sure. the impact that Trey Murphy, Najee Marshall, um, and, and some of the others are going to have Jose Alvarado as just kind of being the vets of this team. How much of impact, not only have Jim mentioned, maybe they won't play as much, but how much can they help make things a lot more comfortable for some of the guys that haven't done this before? Well, first of all, I'm pretty sure Trey Murphy's downstairs doing cartwheels right now because mm-hmm. he's not the one that's going to have to go get all the sauces and all the food for everybody anymore yeah. because there's new rookies in town, right? And he's actually kind of one of the older ones now. Um, I guess Jose still has everybody by a few years. right? But they have an opportunity here, as Jim said, they might not play a lot of minutes, but they have an opportunity to really set the tone and set the standard for – how you should practice, how much effort you should bring, the culture that Willie Green instilled last season, what it it means to be a Pelican and to play the, the type of way that Willie Green wants you to play and what he expects of you. So, you know, it might be the summer and it might be fun, but there's still an opportunity for them to really, 
help these rookies along for what the expectations are going to be once they, you know, get in, in training camp in September, October. Jim, does it certainly help that, and whether we don't know whose decision it was for some of these guys to come play, but the fact that they are out here to not only just come play, even though it might be a couple of games, but the practices, as you mentioned, it's just more time in the gym. And we've already seen pictures and videos of, of Trey and Jose Najee at the Pelicans facility getting workouts in. And so, you know, the work ethic there uh, for them has, has been there since they got into the league, but the importance of just them being here again, no matter if they both agreed on it or someone suggested, Hey, we should probably play another year because Herb Jones is not playing this year. And I think rightfully so after the way he played, but the importance of just them being here, um, even though some of them probably don't need it, but they want to be here just to be a part of the team and actually just get some run in. Yeah, I saw Jaron Collins mention this a couple of days ago where he talked about how he wants the, the three guys that really were prominent and part of the playoff rotation even last season to take on bigger leadership roles and have that be a big aspect of, of what they're going to bring to the team here. I mean, I think it's huge to have guys that are – you could say, quote unquote, are established in the NBA, that they're bringing the intensity to every practice and every game because it just sets the tone and an example for some of the other guys who really don't have a foothold yet in the NBA and are trying to, you know, carve out a G League spot maybe or, you know, get a contract somewhere. Um, as Aaron said, I mean, just being able to show, okay, this is how we do things with the Pelicans, I think is very important. And to me, when I, and I think probably everyone that watched the team and has gotten to know some of these guys, when I think of that, I think of big time intensity and just going being out for blood on the court, you know, bringing it 48 minutes every single game. I think Jose is one of the best examples of that, but Najee as well, just the way that they pick up defensively and how, you know, intense they are. So I think just having those guys that have been around and know how Willie Green's system works and know know um what the team is looking for you you show that to the other players and then everybody falls in line and then you might have success the way you did last summer where you went undefeated and really dominated a lot of those games among the five wins before i let you go um whether it's a player on the pelicans or even someone on the outside one of the new rookies drafted is there any player in particular you're looking forward to just seeing playing whether it's a Dyson Daniels here for the Pelicans or whether it's a Paolo Banquero for the Orlando magic or one of these guys, a Chet Holgram, is there anyone that you're kind of just, when you get into that gym starting on Saturday and throughout these week and a half that you're there, Aaron, I'll start with you and go, is there anyone that you're just kind of looking forward to seeing playing during this time? I definitely want to get out to some of the other games, see some of the other teams. Um, it obviously, it all starts tonight. Um, we have two games tonight and seven on Friday. And then there's seven more on Saturday before we even get to our first game because we're the nightcap on Saturday. So there's a lot of opportunity to see a lot of, of players. I think it's going to be interesting always to see some of the top talent that was drafted in, you know, as you mentioned, Paolo Bancaro from Duke. And I think he's somebody that, because he slipped into that number one draft pick, I think a lot of people are going to be watching to see you know, what, what he does and, and how he is competing against some of the other guys that may have fallen a little bit lower than him because of that. Um, so definitely looking forward to seeing him. I, I And then obviously our rookies as well, just kind of get to see them because unfortunately I've been out of town, you know, 
had to take vacation at some point. Exactly. So I haven't seen him practicing yet. So looking forward to it. Jim, what about you? Yeah, I, I always look forward to watching. I mean, depending on the how the draft is composed from year to year, maybe the top 10 this year. I think there's a lot of guys in the top 10 of the draft that I'm curious to see. I mean, we're going to see one of them Saturday in our game against Portland, the guy that was drafted, Shaden Sharp, that was picked right before um, Dyson Daniels went number eight. So um, I think OKC plays right before the Pelicans on Saturday in the game. I can't recall who they play against, but I mean, that might be an opportunity to catch a little bit of Chet Holmgren in person. So that'll be interesting. But um, I didn't had mentioned really specifically any of the rookies in what we talked about earlier. I am really curious to see Dyson Daniels as far as what he can bring defensively. I know people are really excited about that end of the floor as well as some of his passing ability. And I know he's working on a shot um, with Fred Vinson. So I I'm looking forward to watching all the rookies, but, but, you know, in particular him just to see, you know, where, where he is in his progress and, you know, how much he can show over the course of the next couple of weeks. For sure. Um, you know, uh, EJ Liddell, too, from Ohio State, looking to see what he has to do, our new two-way player, Darian Sebron from NC State, and hearing some really good things about him. So those are a couple names I'm going to I'm gonna keep an eye on as we watch the Pelicans in these next four days. So these are the two people you need to follow. If you're not at Aaron E. Summers on Twitter, at Jim underscore Eichenhofer, they're there until the end. And so they will provide you all the coverage, video analysis, written work, whatever you all need, just send them a request. But they will take it, and they'll be at every practice, every game, and they'll be helping you along the way as the Pelicans uh, make a run for a summer league title. And then the parade afterward will be on airline drive for a summer league championship, which will be led by Aaron and Jim at the front there. So looking forward to that from both of you. And also keep in mind, first game Saturday, July 9th against the Blazers at 9 PM central on ESPN two. Then the Hawks on Monday at 5 PM central Wednesday, the 13th against the wizards at 5 PM central. And they'll wrap up the, I guess, pool play against the Lakers 10 PM central on ESPN2. Aaron, Jim, stay out of trouble. Enjoy Vegas. I don't want to have to hear any bad reports from you both. Um, And Aaron, more civilly, keep an eye on Jim because he certainly is trouble here in Sin City. Thank you all. Thank you. I will be working on my parade wave, but I summer league parade wave, but I'm going to wait until they win maybe three or four games before I start doing that, but I will be ready if needed. (laughs) All right, Jim, you have 12 days to kind of prepare for that, so I'm expecting you to start now we'll probably have some more of these along the way but again keep it locked with aaron and jim throughout this entire process hope you enjoyed the podcast thank you thank you for making us a part of your day until next time for jim aaron i'm daniel thanks for listening to the pelican podcast presented by seeky